Hey there, this is Julie Slattery, and you're listening to Java with Julie. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is a production of Authentic Intimacy, a ministry dedicated to reclaiming God's design for sexuality. And if you're a regular listener, you probably know that we've already hit some pretty heavy topics this year. So I'm looking forward to a more lighthearted conversation this week. My guest is Ted Lowe, who's the director of Married People, an organization that equips both churches and couples to strengthen marriages. Ted's been in marriage ministry for over a decade. He's written two books and has some great insights for us on how to keep marriage fun. Today, I'm going to talk to Ted about what churches are not doing well in marriage ministry, how you can connect with a husband who struggles to talk about marriage, and how to have fun together even when you have unresolved conflict in your marriage. But before we jump into our conversation, let me ask you, how likely are you to share this podcast with a friend? Did you know that the easiest way you can share this podcast with others is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app? You see, ratings and reviews are like a social media network that help other people decide whether or not they're going to take the time to listen. And I also love hearing from you. So thanks in advance for taking just a few minutes to leave us a five-star rating and telling us why you love Java with Julie. Now let's head to the coffee shop with my guest, Ted Lowe. Ted, you are in the business of helping churches do ministry well, and part of that is doing ministry um, so I'm going to come out of the gate and say, for as long as I remember, church has been doing marriage ministry, but they haven't always done it well. And so what have you seen churches not do effectively in their approach to marriage? Yeah, and so there was a study that came out in 2010. The Ullman Family Foundation came out and it did people's perception of marriage ministry was boring, preachy, outdated, and feminine. Hmm. So that was 2010. And so that's when we started married people. So say those words again. Boring, preachy, outdated, and feminine. Wow. So, and no one went, oh, that can't be. Like, everyone's like, yeah, that sounds about right. So when we started Married People in 2010, one of the gauges for us is anything we create cannot be any of those four things. All right. And what I've watched happen, and there's still churches that I would say are guilty of that, but I've watched churches shift over the last decade, and they're doing a really good job. There's a lot of them doing a really good job, like... What will encourage churches, they're going to have a fun night. Mm-hmm. Men think they're going to walk into a Valentine's Day banquet. Yeah. Right? They're going to walk into flowers and roses. <laughs> and that's like, why you mean it's feminine? Like it's judicial it's marriage. very fe- And it makes total yeah. sense. And the reason I think that's happened is, you know, marriage books are bought, I think, 90% by women. Yeah. And so publishers are smart. They are going to market to their most likely consumer. But for us... We wanted to do something different. We wanted the guy not to feel like he was being drugged to something, but he was included in something. So he, he walks in, and so we're like, make the room appealing to both men and women. And if you have to go one edge or the other, go more towards masculine. And so I've watched our churches that use our curriculum, use our strategy, and sometimes maybe they go overboard. I mean, I have seen one church gave away a tractor here in Georgia. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, you know, I went to a church the other night, and the guy had footballs on all the tables. And he goes, did I do good? And I said, you did good. But it's no one's fault, but it's this thing that churches were kind of stuck in that rut for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And most churches don't have a marriage pastor, right? So mm-hmm. they're having to rely on volunteers. And so what we've tried to do is create the strategy and the things that go behind it to make that easier for churches mm-hmm. to use volunteers. And once they kind of catch hold of it, it's amazing. It's so fun, too. Mm-hmm. When you describe that, like in terms of walking in for a Valentine's yeah. Bank versus football, 
Football's sure. on the table. There's a few things that makes me think of. First of all, I think a lot of women are frustrated with the over-feminization of everything ministry. Like, I talk to so many women, and mm. I can resonate with this. I don't want to go on a woman's retreat mm. because we're going to do crafts and <laughs> eat lots of chocolate and stay up late at night. Like, that's what women are supposed to do. Mm. And church seems to have this stereotype of what it is to go to a church event, whether it's a marriage event or a ministry event at all. Uh, mm. And so you're just kind of challenging that. Like, it can be anything. It can be anything. And I think you're exactly right. And I think the best thing I've found that we can do to elevate and support women when it comes to marriage events is make it to a place that their husband's going to want to be. Yeah. Because we worked at a church as director of married life there. We did events there for nine years. So it was a large church and there were a lot of staff there and there's a lot of female staff workers and their husbands worked in the corporate world. And what I would get after these events are these ladies saying, thank you so much for making that a great experience for my husband. Yeah. Because he didn't want to come and he thought it was going to be, you know, he's going to get beat up for not being more like a woman. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had a great time and he connected. And that's what's really, really fun. And I think that's one of the most honorable thing we can do is support women to say, hey, we want to partner with you because we know you know, stereotypically, you're the one that's trying to drag your husband here, right? So we can partner with them. And And it's not always the case. Like, you know, I'm the one that wants to talk. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife would rather be hit in the head with a baseball bat. So (laughs) I don't want to have too many gender stereotypes. But I think we've got to be smart about this, especially with millennials. Like, you pull this old school 1950 stuff with millennials, and they're done, Mm. right? And so I think we've really got to shift with this next generation, which millennials represent, you know, the largest demographic that we have. So, you know, and we can lean into them mm-hmm. so they'll help us. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about even as a wife, if I drag my husband somewhere or ask him to come with me, you're absolutely right. I'm so conscious of, is he having fun? Right. Does he feel comfortable? That's really important to me. And you're talking about this on a ministry scope, but I think we can make this applicable to individuals too. For sure. How as a woman, do I get my husband invested in working on our marriage? If counseling is talk therapy and ministry is let's go to the Valentine's banquet mm-hmm. and things like working on the marriage can feel very feminine. Mm-hmm. And every invitation feels like I have to share my feelings. Mm. What's a way to draw a husband into even working on the marriage? You know, one of the best things I've ever heard was from Pat Love and I think it's Stephen Stosny. They wrote a book, How to Improve Your Marriage Without Talking About It. Mm. And this was about 10 years ago. And it's a secular book, but one of the things that stuck out to me so much, he said, we think that words lead to connection. That if we can just talk, 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 and we can talk in the right way, and we have all these great skills, then we're going to be connected. And he said, and actually, connection leads to words. Mm. And it's kind of like when my wife and I will go on a vacation, just the two of us, and we make this rule. We don't have to talk about anything. We are just going to hang out. And every single time we go, we end up talking about something important. And I think it's because we're so connected. Because a lot of times when women want to talk to their husbands, they'll say, look at me, look at me. And his body is actually flooded with cortisol. And so he starts getting fidgety. Why would you look at me when we talk? He starts getting fidgety. And the more fidgety he gets, the more frustrated she gets. Watch the difference when you're talking to your husband when you're driving down the road. You're raking leaves outside. But just do something to connect. Because I think people have been convinced if they have an issue in their marriage, that they can't have fun. Until they get this issue resolved, 
then they, how dare they be light enough to enjoy each other? Yeah. It we, feels like it's inauthentic to it, laugh if you're still fighting. I think or so. to have sex if you're angry at each other. Yeah, which I find that's the best way to not be angry with each other. Well, sometimes. that's your guy. Yeah, so. that's, how, that's how that works. <laughs> but it's funny. We had some dear friends of ours, and they were about to go on a vacation, just the two of us. And they came over, and they said, wait, we don't even want to go on this vacation. And I'm like, are you crazy? I'll go. Because they had gotten a babysitter and the whole bit. They said, we keep fighting about whether to stay in this house or move to the next one, which I said, that's a very first world problem, but we'll mm-hmm. roll with it. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about that. And I said, well, just take a vacation from talking about it. And these very, very smart people looked at me and they said, can you do that? Mm. That was one of those defining moments for me to go, wow, we have so made communication, which is important, so large that if people don't feel like things are resolved or differences are you know, resolved, and there's some things are not going to be resolved to heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just stuff that we're never going to agree upon. And so to say, yeah, we may have disagreements, and some of them can be big, but why don't we take a break from that? Why don't mm-hmm. we go laugh for a little bit? Why don't we go date for a little bit? Because people tell married couples all the time, you know, oh, marriage, it takes so much hard work. Well, nobody got married for that. Yeah. Nobody comes home and said, I met this most beautiful woman and she's completely passive aggressive. I can't <laughs> wait till we get married and work that out. <laughs> you know, they got married because they like, had fun and they like being together. And then we stop and we get so serious as married couples. And you go, lighten up, mm. be fun. You know, we talk about date nights and they are important. But, and those are times to have fun, but don't put a circle around that and say, this is the fun part. Yeah. Our thing is be fun. Yeah. There's one study shows that couples are fighting. The number one time they're fighting is at the end of the day when they reconnect. And I think they just come in and go, oh, my day was awful. Oh, you think your day was awful. You should have had my day. Instead of coming in and going, oh, I'm with my teammate. Now we're hanging out. You know, we save the best of us for temporary people. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And the permanent person get you know, what's left of us. And so I think it's just lighten up and be fun you know mm-hmm. are you fun right now do you want to be around you you know just have some lightened up laughter and that's one of the things that's huge for us as a couple so let me just get this straight okay. because i don't think i've ever heard somebody say that okay. and i just want to reiterate it okay. that it's okay to have fun if things are not good in your marriage is that okay to have fun together absolutely why does it feel like that's wrong I think, you know, if you've got one that's like, I've got to get this resolved and this is sitting on my chest and until we talk about this or we resolve this, then I just can't connect with you. And mm-hmm. something, you know, and I'm talking serious. I mean, there are some things we know that mm-hmm. are serious. If someone's in the middle of infidelity, mm-hmm. you know, that there's some kind of physical abuse, something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about you're really frustrated with each other. You've got this issue you can't get past. You parent differently. You're kind of fighting about you know, work hours and those different things. That's where I think, give yourself the break from that and put it away. So let's just set it aside Mm -hmm. for a little bit of time and we can pick it right back up. It's Mm -hmm. not going anywhere, but hopefully it is going somewhere. This couple that I was talking about that went on vacation, they still have not talked about that house Mm. because they were like, who cares? Because this house was trumping their marriage. They went and had this great time and said, they both came home. Who cares where we live? Yeah. Wow. Right. That's cool. We matter more than this house. Oh, so this is a very basic question, okay. and my husband's sitting here, so he'll validate why I need to ask this. How do you have fun? <laughs> we've, How do I? We've been married for 25 years, and he's more the fun guy. But it's hard for me to, mm. to have fun. It just, life gets so busy, and life is serious, and I'm a serious person, mm. that I feel like sometimes I need help with that. 
Yeah. So are you asking a question, how do my wife and I have yeah, fun, or how do people in general have fun? Answer both, because I can learn from you. Well, I think for us, you know, we're in front of a lot of couples, and we have date night events, and there's a lot of humor and a lot of comedy. So I think for people that see us, you guys just may live this perfect little life, and you've never gone through anything. Well, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't surprise you when I say that's not the truth. We've been mm-hmm. through an amazing amount of grief. We've had really close family members who passed away suddenly. We've gone through all this stuff. And there was a time where I had let the heaviness of losing my brother and quickly thereafter his mom, hmm. the stepmom. And so it was one of those times I was just so, so heavy and I'd forgotten humor. And I felt like if I was laughing that I was somehow not honoring them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's why people feel that way about, you know, if we've got something serious, it's like you're not honoring the seriousness of this. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was starting to come out of the darkness a little bit, and I made some, what I thought was a funny joke, and my wife goes, mmm. <laughs> like, she'd been having to look at me for two years and go, mmm. And I went, did you just Christian moo at me right there? <laughs> Christian mm. And she goes, I went, that was funny. She goes, you're being funny? And I was like, I'm trying. But it was one of those things that went, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had checked out of that. And so I had gotten so serious that I had to get reacquainted with how important that was to her mm-hmm. when we'd gone through something really, really difficult with one of our kids, one of our high school kids. And I mean, it was heavy and it was dark. And there was this, I saw on Fathom Events had the 30th anniversary of Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was 24 bucks for two tickets. And we were just in the middle of all this whole thing. And I came in and went, oh, I'm scoring some points with you right now. And she was thrilled out of her mind. And it was one of the darkest periods we had been. But I told my son, I said, I love you very much, but unless you're bleeding, do not contact me for two hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be with mom for a little bit. And we needed it. And it was so fun. And I know that things can be very, very serious. And if you're more of a serious person, you know, I'm the big believer in leaning on the strengths of the other. So leaning into your husband and going, you know, and when he's cracking the jokes, laugh at his jokes, even when they're not funny. Yeah. They're funny, but I've heard them all a few times. Yeah. I'm not a good laugher. Which makes it charming and nostalgic. (laughs) This is my response when there's something funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's that's (laughs) funny. I'm not good at it. You're like, not even a courtesy chuckle? Yeah. It's awful. I need help. I need therapy. Fun therapy. You know, it's a decision. It is to put things away. I think another thing that helps you be fun is stop being so distracted. Mm. We are crazy with this phone and technology. It's just crazy. We're the first generation that's going to have to wrestle with what it means to have instant access to everything right now. And to say, we've got to have these times. You put it away. So when I have some space, because that's the other thing I think Rob's fun is we're, you know, connected with everything and everybody than the people in their room. I mean, you go to restaurants all the time, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not on their phones. I mean, I can't find restaurants hardly anymore that don't have televisions in them. I'm just mm-hmm. like, are you, can you give me a break here? But I think it's, I just think it's a choice to do that. What do you guys like to do? Like, how do you have fun? Like, what do you do? And kind of landed on that. Like, what do we like to do together? People used to tell us, you know, dinner and a movie, you know, if you guys keep doing dinner and movie, you know, that's not good. You're not, mm-hmm. we're like, <laughs> it's good for us. I wrote a book called Your Best Us because mm-hmm. I think every us is completely different. Mm-hmm. And I used to think in Christian world, we'd kind of elevate this perfect Christian couple that everybody needed to be like, and everyone's looking at this pedestal going, nah, not me. I think God's way more creative than that. And he creates every us is telling a different, unique story. And just to go, if it works for the two of you, if, if it works for your us, then go, whatever that is. So for us, it is dinner and movie a lot. Mm-hmm. that's what we like to do. We'll go on vacation, just the two of us. 
and we will sit there at the beach all day long. She's like, oh, you said we're not riding jet skis. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I like this. This is what we like to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't talk for hours. Too. How long did it take you guys to realize that and to be mm-hmm. comfortable with it? That if you're going to pay money to go to the beach, you didn't have to get on the jet ski. Well, I think for my wife, who is the economist of our house, we've already paid for the beach. So not mm-hmm. spending extra money on jet skis is her love thing. language. <laughs> yeah. Me getting to sit there with no children is my love language. Uh-huh. So we don't even ask those questions anymore. We know what the other one wants. Yeah. You know? And that takes time to learn. It does take time to learn. Yeah. And it's having that fun and you know, connecting on every level. Yeah. Right? What happens to a couple that is hitting on all cylinders but not having fun? Mm. So they communicate well. They're co-parenting well, finances are good, intimacy is decent. You know, like if you check all the boxes, but if you ask them, are you guys having fun? They'll be like, what? Like, I don't even know what that looks like. What's the problem with that? You know, I think if people are hitting on all cylinders and things feel good in those sections, I can't imagine that happening without a sense of friendship mm-hmm. you know and people define fun in very different ways yeah. you know a lot of people may be listening to this going fun I mean, what does that look like do we have a clown come over every day do i have to dress in funny outfits like what is that do i need to learn to be do stand up and again it's your us like what's funny to you guys but it's i don't know how long that can happen yeah but with somebody it's just running 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 fast and not delighting in each other and that's mm-hmm. all fun is it's, it's just delight and quit taking things so seriously and giving mm-hmm. each other a break yeah when I think of fun, I think of, I like that word delight, and along with it, playful. Yes. I'm, like, you don't have to laugh all the time, right. but what does it look like to be playful? Mm-hmm. And we really don't have permission as adults often to be playful. Absolutely. Because we're always in positions of, you got to get it done, you've got a parent, you got to show up for work. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's probably one in the marriage that wants that more than the other. Mm-hmm. Or feels the value on that. Like, I'm for sure the one at our house that's you know, my wife is type A, she has a master of accounting degree. We have four kids. I mean, you know, and I'm telling you, our junk drawer has dividers. That's what's going on in my house. It's so organized. (laughs) And so I have to be the one to kind of keep that going. But my go-to is scuba diving skins. Like I have scuba diving skins that I had before we got married and they're skin tight and they're black with a big yellow fluorescent stripe up the middle. If things get too tense or whatever, I walk out in that outfit, and there is no way, even when she's mad at me, that she's not going to like, okay. And it just diffuses things a little bit, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, if you're the fun one, keep trying. If you're the one that's listening, going, oh, I'm the serious mm-hmm. one. You know, just we've forgotten the value of just being anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's just be together. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you can have quality time without quantity. I mean, yeah. what is that time you're just breathing? And my wife, if she was sitting here, she would tell you that she's the one that, that struggles mm-hmm. with this the most mm-hmm. and I get it mm-hmm. she's got a million things going on yeah but mm. she's funny too mm, that's good you yeah. bring that out in her she's funny <laughs> oh she's one of the funniest people I know mm. but that's been a part of our relationship since the very beginning mm. but you know it's not always like that it's not chuckles all day long at the low house I can assure you but it is part of the DNA of who we are mm-hmm As you do marriage ministry and as you're coaching churches on marriage ministry, you're seeing trends. Mm. And so people getting married today or even Mm. people that are marriage-minded, they're coming in with a different lens, often with more baggage. Mm. What are some of the things that you're seeing in young marriages today? I think the thing about millennial marriages is 
you know, the good news and bad news about millennials, if they've been taught that the world revolves around them, that's the bad part. The other part is they feel like they can change the world. Mm-hmm. And they're way more experiential than we are, right? They're way more experiential. You know, our generation bought all the stuff, had all the things our, we had at 35 that they took them till 60. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've priced them out of the housing market, and now they're going, oh, I can't really afford a house. And they're way more experiential. Like, I work at a company that's got a lot of millennial couples. So when we create these fun date nights that they go do on their own, all the millennial couples bite and go. Mm-hmm. So if we can meet them there, if we can meet them in the fun, that's the incredible thing that I love about millennials. Mm-hmm. Now that's the good news. The other part is, it's going in thinking you owe me and my parents did all this for me, controlled all this for me. I was the orbit of this going in feeling frustrated that, you know, you're not completing me, you know, mm-hmm. from the classic movie, Jerry yeah. Maguire, you know. There was a real turn with that. I don't know how much that statement had, to, but there was this sense of there was this soulmate person mm-hmm. that's going to complete me. Two broken people get married. They don't complete anybody, right? And then yeah. the pressure is like, what's happening here? But I'd love what I'm seeing with millennials in terms of them being experiential, you know, because all the studies say, you know, experiences are way better than things. Hmm. You know what experiences do? You know, it's confirmation bias. And you look back and positive sentiment override, I think is a real technical term for that. But just spending time together. And that took us a while to realize, too, because we were that generation. We wanted all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, oh, we just got to take care of stuff. Let's go to New York. Yeah, yeah. let's try that. Let's <laughs> save up for a year, right? So I think that's where we've kind of shifted, mm-hmm. where we were materialistic. Yes, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that's now we're just tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just more stuff to take care of. We're going to get rid of I all this stuff. That, yeah. It's for sale. Let's get a tiny house. <laughs> that, uh, listen, yeah. we've talked about it, let me tell you. Uh, you mentioned millennials grew up with their parents protecting them, saying, you deserve this, you're the center of the universe, right. painting with broad brushes here. Mm-hmm. But does it end when your kids get married? And so we are talking to some parents of millennials, mm-hmm. and that plays a dynamic too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just thinking in terms of my child deserves better than you. Mm-hmm. And do you see even Christian parents getting in the way of working through some of those conflicts? For sure. And I can see, you know, you're not going to treat the princess like that. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a language we use a lot now with girls. You're the princess. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure we're setting her up for success at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. You're royalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, there's only a few people at royalty, and they have lots of people around them to make that happen. <laughs> and right? you're at God's royalty even more so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think you do see that. I think, you know, boundaries with in-laws has always been important. Mm-hmm. But now I think, you know. Mm-hmm. These parents have to really pull back and allow them to make decisions on their own. And even when they're calling, going, Mom, he did this, she did this. Sweetheart, that's something you need to talk about your husband. Mm-hmm. Say, or you guys need to bring somebody else. It's not appropriate for me yeah. to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And I know those are tough words kind of sometimes, but that's a tough transition for a lot of people. It's um, a tough transition on both parts. Uh, because oh. the kid still, as you said, is calling mom, mm-hmm. and the mom still wants to protect the mom right. or dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What advice do you have for young couples that are feeling that pressure of my in-law doesn't like me because I'm not Prince Charming or mm. I'm not taking care of her son? How do you begin to address that? There was this couple that I may or may not know <laughs> that went through this. Mm. You know, we didn't have in-laws for five years Hmm. because we were living five you know across the country and we moved back after five 
years of marriage, and we had in-laws all of mm-hmm. a sudden. And, you know, before, we saw them on, at Christmas or whatever, and we were like the rock stars coming in, and everybody was on their best behavior, and we celebrated and went back. <laughs> then we come back, we buy our first house, and in-laws show up with paint mm. and things for our house <laughs> without asking anything. And I watched my wife switch into this role of the middle child pleaser, mm. and I'm like, what's happening right here? Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I'm not sure I like this color. I'm like, this is insanity right now. <laughs> like... This is not happening. And so we didn't have our transition of pushing away into boundaries until five years in. So it's a little bit, but it's those first years to kind of, you know, if I'm speaking to the couple, I would say to them, you always want to honor mom and dad always. But now it's the two of you. If you've got to establish that and you honor mom and dad, but you lovingly say, you know, that this is the boundary that you feel comfortable with. And it's hard. These are hard conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think we've got to have them. And I say have them with your own parents, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't make your spouse be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Don't put them in that place. Don't become the middle of the triangle of all that. Mm -hmm. Stop and say, okay, I'm going to deal with mine. You deal with yours a little Mm -hmm. bit on this. And speaking of putting your spouse in the place of being the bad guy, one temptation when you have trouble in marriage, whether it's Mm -hmm. just one fight or whether it's a big issue, is you want to get your parents involved. Do you want to tell them mm. what you're going through? And sometimes it's, you mm. want that support or prayer. Right. But where are the boundaries? Because once you've shared your perspective of why that person's the wrong person, mm. your parents never forget that. Mm. They don't, and that's the thing. And then if the parent says something back and then they get okay about it, now you've just talked about my husband. Mm-hmm. I would say this. I would not... And this may be a bit extreme, but this is what I live by. It's to say, if you've got a problem with your spouse, you want to talk to somebody that wants, that cares more about you than you liken them. That they would risk the relationship, that you go to a, a friend who's mm-hmm. not got this mesh need like a mom or dad, and you say, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, and get wisdom from them, and not give mom and dad, do not need this. It's too much, too. Cause mm-hmm. they, and I would be protective of my daughter, too. Yes. And so I think the healthiest thing to do is find wisdom somewhere else and don't find a group of people, a group of women or guys find a group of guys that are going to sit around going, yeah, she yeah. is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this guy just kept on and on and on in our small group about how bad his wife is. And I finally stopped him. I go, what if you convince me? What happens if I finally look at you? And I'm not going to, by the way, what's going to happen if I finally look at you and going, you're right. She's horrible. Where are we? Mm-hmm. Nobody divorces in isolation because they find a group of people that gives them the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. You know, find people that's for your marriage, mm-hmm. that Boy. want you to win, that's going to say the hard stuff to you. That's good insight. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You're doing so much work to help churches have thriving marriage ministries. So I'm going to ask you a question that might throw you off a little bit. Toss, uh, toss the ball. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm here. I will probably whiff it. But okay, toss no, the ball. you won't. Yeah. You've got great wisdom. I hear from so many single adults who feel like the structure of the church is that you have to be married to be mature and that the church is about marriage, but they don't know what to do with single adults other Mm. than to say you're kind of in the holding pen until you get married. Mm. So how do you balance ministering well to marriages while not sending that kind of message? That's great. I don't know if I have a great answer to that because I am so focused on marriage. I think one of the things I will tell church leaders is they will say, we can't talk about marriage on Sunday morning specifically because not everybody in the room 
is married. But one of the things I feel like what I learned from singles is they might not be married yet, but most of them want to be one day. Hmm. And so I'll say, hey, today, you know, the pastor could start a series or they give an announcement. Hey, today we're going to talk about marriage. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about marriage, and here's why. You either are married, you want to be married, you're raising somebody that's married, or you love someone that's married. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of off the races because what I hear from single, I feel like nothing's more marginalizing and it borders on condescending to say that single people don't want to hear it and we we shouldn't talk about it in front of them. And the scripture says that marriage should be honored by all. Right. And we don't know what it is as a Christian to honor marriage in our society. And so this is about more than just what's happening with me and, and my spouse. This is about a church culture. Absolutely. And we talk about it in the way and we include them. Because I was at a marriage event and it was a date night thing. And so we had some humor that was only appropriate for married couples. And I look and there's a woman sitting there and she's got a 12-year-old, about a 10 mm-hmm. or 12-year-old kid there. And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. And if I'm being really honest, it was a little bit frustrating to go, this is inappropriate. I saw her in the lobby afterwards and she said, hey, I hope it's okay. I brought him. The reason I did is his dad and I got a divorce and I want him to be exposed to good things about marriage. Wow. Boy, and I thought, bless her heart that we had to put her in such an awkward position mm-hmm. that she had to learn about marriage at a marriage event with her kid to say, let's talk about marriage. Let's not be afraid to talk about it. Let's empower. I mean, when we would do marriage events, all of the people that were running tech because they were larger events were running tech were single. Mm-hmm. And I'd always tease them, oh, when you guys get married, you're going to be good, right? Yeah. And some of the best ideas, we did a thing called the Great Date Experiment that was actually launched from I, we were down a car, and a 22-year-old camera guy was taking me home. Mm-hmm. And I said, Chip, you've done these events for years. I said, single guy, I said, you've done these events for years. What would you do? And without a beat, he said, you know what I'd do? I'd let people come thinking it's an event and then send them out on a date. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's a brilliant idea and way easier on me. <laughs> but um, I thought, I can't pull a snafu on that many people. But it launched this whole idea of date nights. Mm-hmm. And it came from... This guy that's been sitting there, listening, still has wisdom. I just think we all need to be part of the conversation. So it's not just that they need to learn from married couples, but that married couples need to learn from the single community. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of single people that really long to be married. And we have what we have. We're tossing away the very thing they'd give anything to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Let's stop tossing it away and go, wow, I've got another person Mm -hmm. that I get to do life with. I get to come home every day to the other half of my us. This is us. And it's not always perfect, but what an honor that is. And if we think about if our spouse is going to know fun, if they're going to know grace, if they're going to know forgiveness, it's going to be because we individually chose to give that to them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we have this amazing honor that a lot of single folks sitting there go, man, if I had that, I would honor it. Mm-hmm. If I was married, I'd be careful with it. If I was honored, I'd remember to be fun. I mean, if I was married, all these things that I think, you know, and to learn from that and learn from that longing that a lot of us had before too. Well, what a great reminder of the undeserved gift of a good marriage and how easy it is to take your spouse for granted. I know I need that reminder. And I love the challenge that Ted just threw out to us. Will your spouse experience fun, grace, and forgiveness because you've offered it to them? To learn more from Ted, I encourage you to check out his book, 
your best us, and the organization Married People, we'll link to those on our podcast page. As always, I hope you'll stop by AuthenticIntimacy.com for more resources to help you grow in your understanding of God's design for sexuality. You'll find blogs, Bible studies, and more Java with Julie episodes like this one. And thanks for listening, and I look forward to having coffee with you next time on Java with Julie.